Well, uh, most of the music this morning has been chosen by you. Uh, today is Sermon in Song. And this is a tradition of ours on months that have five Sundays. On the fifth Sunday, we, uh, instead of hearing a message from the preacher, although you might have noticed that he snuck one in at the beginning, uh, we let the wisdom of the church through music teach us. And there's good reason for that. Uh, if you've been here a while, you've probably heard me say this before, but it's worth saying again. In the Protestant Reformation, one of the things that happened is who knowledge of God and participation in his worship went from being primarily the job of the clergy to being the job of every follower of Jesus Christ. And Martin Luther, understanding how significant that change was going to be, the first thing that he did was start writing music for the church. Because he understood that music is one of the most powerful teaching tools that we have. Now, you haven't heard this one before, but my, my kids are homeschooled, and uh, they're learning Latin, uh, which is really cool, because lots of you know, the most important works in Western literature are written in Latin. It's a neat language. No helps you learn a bunch of other languages as well. But do you know how my children are learning Latin? Use some context clues here. You can figure this out. Through song, Right. We have these CDs with these, these songs that, you know, give the Latin word and say what it is, and they go on and on. And every time we get in the car, I'm like, can we please turn that off? <laughs> it's not as fun when you're not learning Latin. But uh, this is one of the best ways that we learn. And actually, that's one of the reasons why we choose our music carefully in the church. We don't just sing any old thing. Sometimes people have joked that you can just take songs on the radio and the part where they talk about they love her or something like that. Just put Jesus in there and you'll probably be fine. That's basically Christian music. But it's not true. Our music is deeply theological. Our music teaches us who God is and how we worship him. And it shapes our worship and shapes all of our life. So you guys chose a bunch of really great songs this morning, and I think they're even in your bulletin so you can see where we're going. We took these by email this week, and there's a reason for this, and it's because we're still breaking Dottie in, and I didn't want to break her by having her just, you know, everyone toss out the very hardest songs that they could possibly think of. So we gave her a little warning this time, this time. Uh, so we wanted to start this morning, first of all, with Glorify Thy Name. And like I said, all of these songs teach. Uh, they preach as well. Let me take you to the scriptures just before we sing. John chapter, John chapter 12, verses 27 to 28. Jesus is predicting his death, and he says, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. You know what this teaches us about God's glory? It's tied up with our good. Jesus went to the cross for his glory and for the glory of the Father, and it was right that he did so. And when God was glorified, we, as we sang, were saved. So let's sing together. Glorify thy name. You can remain seated during sermon and song. And we'll sing.
if I can put on my theology hat for a moment, did you notice one of the key Christian doctrines in that song? Anybody? The Trinity. The Trinity. Yeah, there we go. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Father, Son, and Spirit. So I'm not going to do that next time. Uh, the next song is How Great Thou Art. And I want to take you to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. The Thessalonian church, notice how hard they believed in the resurrection. Uh, we sometimes instead believe in going to heaven when we die. But the resurrection says that Jesus is coming back to make it all right. Not just that we're running away. He's going to win. He's not going to evacuate. And uh, because they believe so strongly in the resurrection, they asked Paul, what happens? What happens to the people who die before Jesus comes back? Are they going to be okay? And Paul says, and, and we know, yeah, of course they're going to be okay. That just means that they've gone first. This is uh, what we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. As we sing through this song, I keep a lookout for something that says something along the lines of, when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation. Let's sing together, How Great Thou Art.
Our next song talks about how in the midst of everyday life, in every moment, uh, our need for God and God's presence to provide for us. And I wanted to take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 to 10. God said to me, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's sing together day by day. song uh, for sermon and song here, and uh, it's a little different uh, in some ways, and I want to tell you a little bit of a story, as a matter of fact, uh, to make us ready to sing it. Uh, you ever had an experience, as a matter of fact, one of you came up to me this week and said, this week I was around somebody who was just mocking my Lord, and I couldn't help but say something. 
because he's my Lord. And that's absolutely part of who we are as Christians. When uh, people say that God is other than what he is, we take the opportunity to say, well, actually, let me tell you about the God I know and that I've met. Let me tell you about the God of, of Scripture. We tell people the truth about God, but always remembering something else, which is that God is ultimately the one who's responsible for his glory, not you and me. When we have the opportunity to share the glory of God, absolutely, let's take the opportunity to do so, but let's not be discouraged by the people who would try and take his glory away. Let me read to you out of the book of Revelation. You know it's going to be good because it's out of Revelation. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. The folks who didn't make the sacrifice to Caesar. The folks who said, Christ's glory, even at the cost of my life. But they were under the altar, and they called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Now, as Christians, I don't think we're particularly comfortable saying, let's go out for some blood today, because we remember that it's up to God. Remember, it's up to God to make the various wrongs in the world right. And that's exactly what these people are calling for. God, these people think that they won. They think that their gods are better. They are deceived. They cast you down, and they could never do such a thing. And then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. It's a little bit of a harder passage, isn't it? But I want it to color the way that we look at stand up, stand up for Jesus. I want us to remember that, yes, stand up for Jesus, but ultimately Jesus stands up for himself. Jesus will prove his glory. For that, you can go back to the book of Philippians, uh, to chapter 2, uh, where it says, because of what Jesus has suffered and gone through, that he is given the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if you stop and you think about it in heaven and on earth and under the earth, some knees will bow joyfully, some knees will bow against their will. And let's trust God to make sense out of that. The things that we can't always make perfect sense out of. So when we stand up for Jesus, let's do it remembering that we stand in his shadow. And let's stand right now.
think the key to that song is uh, where it reminds us, trust not in your own arm, but the gospel armor put on.